Because um, it's happened way more times than last time, to be honest. I wasn't expecting it like that, especially the the weird way that it's happening now. Um, but, you know, bugginess, what, what can you expect? Um, it's what we got. It's what we got. It's what we got. And we got to love what we got. <laughs> You're going to like it. <laughs> uh, but welcome, Daniel. Uh, how's it going? Thank you. Good to be here. Um, happy sleepy Sunday to everyone. Um, <laughs> it's like I'm in New York and it's it's just a dreary day. Like there's that Beach Boy song, all the leaves are brown and the sky is gray. And it's like that's exactly what I see out of my window. It's just like raining and depressing outside, but it's it's like so warm and inviting to be here in this nest with all of you. So I am excited to be here and uh, take part in this event. Thank you so much for being here, man. Um, it's actually the opposite of that um, where I'm at. It's super sunny and not gonna lie, I, I usually like it like this, but I could trade today uh, with you because uh, I, I kind of like the, the the rain. So it's super sunny over here. It's like maybe like 90 degrees or something like that Fahrenheit. Nice. Yeah. So well, I'll, I'll just channel all the, the bright sunny waves in my direction. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh yeah i so i don't know if you want to do a, an intro uh real quick for for the people in the audience and uh maybe a little bit about um you could throw in there your your bitcoin journey and your nostril yeah journey sure yeah so my name is daniel the daniel I, I started as maybe daniel um a year ago and since we've been um adopting the noster i just changed my name to the daniel i'm trying to shed my old identities a little bit you know here and there the whole idea was a joke on on um, anonymity. Like people know who I am. I'm pretty well doxxed across the the internet for all the years I've spent on Twitter and other places. So uh, you know, it's it's really just more about the the, the fun of pretending to be an anon. Um, maybe is what you know. If you have an iPhone, it's like if someone who's not in your contact list shows up when some when someone calls you, it's like maybe Lauren, <laughs> you know, maybe Seth. So maybe Daniel. That was my original name when I joined. And so yeah, it's uh, it's been a year and a day since I started on Noster. Um, and what a year and a day it has been. Um, I my first message, my first note was just setting up my whatever this is because that's really kind of what it was. Like I. I just like most of you kind of found my way here. Um, I had been a Twitter user since 2008. And um, that was kind of my my main exposure to social media. Like, I, of course, I was on all the other ones. I was on Facebook and Instagram. And, you know, I tried out Google, uh, whatever it's called Google Plus for a while and until that died. And I, I like being early into things. Like, I'm, I'm just, it, you know, I have a lot of curiosity. So um, whenever something new comes out, I always want to be there at the beginning um and, and i'm kind of frustrated at myself when i don't get into something at the beginning because then it's like well i'm missing out on all this this uh this innovation and uh, it's kind of how i felt about bitcoin too when i first discovered it um so i was working in uh tech uh I, i'm an art director graphic designer my background's in marketing and design i went to art school i don't really have much of a a programming background i did do a little bit when i was in college i studied like i took a unix class for for a semester and i learned all the command line codes and i, I used to tinker with with you know a little bit of light coding 
And of course, like HTML, I, I learned that in a, in a couple of weeks uh, when I was in school. But, you know, I was never, I never considered myself a developer. You know, there's a lot of specialization in that, in that area. And I, I prefer to work with people who know what they're doing. And I, I just know enough to be dangerous. But um, yeah, so I was working in a, in a, in a tech company as a, as a creative doing marketing. And uh, this was like the, I think it was the summer of 2013. And I had just been hearing rumblings about this, this internet money called Bitcoin, but I didn't know what it was. Uh, I'd been paying attention kind of just on the peripheral to some of the things that were happening in the world. Like, you know, I lived in New York at the time. I've been here for, you know, close to 25 years at this point. And uh, I lived through Occupy Wall Street. And I lived through the, the great financial crisis and I saw how that impacted people's lives. I, at the time of was well, like I guess it was 2007 during the, the the big you know blow up of the international uh, financial markets. I was working in an ad agency, and one of my clients was a, without naming them, a large bank in America that was somehow responsible for a lot of the the crises that that took place in um, the housing market and uh, the the overall economy. And so I just like felt sick coming home from work. Um, knowing that I was contributing to something that, that just felt really disgusting and wrong. And I, I quit that job. Uh, and it was only a few months before the, the financial crisis started. And, you know, part of that was because I was doing ads for the banking industry for specific products that I just thought were reprehensible, like home equity lines of credit. So you can remodel your home using the equity in your house or student loans, unsecured loans of up to $40,000. So you can, you can go to college and, and pay it off later. And like, I knew people were going to get wrecked from this. I just had it, I had a feeling and I was right. So, you know, a few years later, uh, I find myself working again, cause I'd been laid off and been unemployed for a little bit and doing some freelancing, worked for a bunch of startup companies. And then I found myself in this, this, this uh, large tech company where I was, um, I had this small group that I was, uh, you know, my coworkers who were all into like penny stocks and trading. And, and it was like, if you remember 2013, that was the time when um, like the marijuana stocks were starting to heat up. <laughs> and so, you know, we, there was the legalization laws that were happening in uh, Washington state and Colorado. And so I had like no money at all at the time. I was just like broken in debt from the last few years. And I'm like, well, I guess I can YOLO a few bucks into something. So I, I bought like, I think it was like $1,000 worth of like two penny stocks in, in the, uh, the weed game. And I just kind of let it ride for a while. So then over the course of that year, I had been paying attention to the Cyprus bank bail-ins and how... Bitcoin was used to help people in that country uh, escape from the the devaluation of their 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 money and and the the, the they were unable to get money out of their, their banks through ATMs. So Bitcoin was kind of a, a lifeline for those people. It was around the same time that WikiLeaks uh, began uh, making news about their their Bitcoin um, donations after they'd been cut off by the uh, banking system and then Silk Road and like that happened all in one year. Um, and then right at the end of the year, and I'm not paying attention to anything at the time. Like I just happened to look at a Bitcoin chart and this was like over sometime between Thanksgiving and Christmas in 2013. And I'm like, what the fuck just happened? <laughs> because I had seen this, this complete hockey stick of, of the Bitcoin price go from, 
you know, where it had been earlier in the year was like 15 bucks at the, you know, January to like not a thousand dollars. I'm like, what did I just miss out on? <laughs> so I'm like, I better research this. Um, I found a video from Andreas Antonopoulos. He'd been, get, he'd given a talk in Athens and really at that moment broke it down for me what Bitcoin was. And what I thought was just kind of nerd money that, that you, you had to be, you know, be a specialist. You had to be a, a programmer, a, a shadowy super coder, as they call them now, to even understand how to use it. I'm like, wait, this is actually for real people. Like, this is a thing that can help people. And so, you know, fast forward to 2014, um, right in the beginning of the year, all these weed stocks started popping off. And I'm like, wait, I have money now. <laughs> $10,000 in my trading account. So I immediately cashed it out and bought Bitcoin with it. And I, I then proceeded to watch all of my Bitcoin wealth deteriorate and diminish over the course of the next two years, you know, as the price went from, you know, $900 down to like the lowest point, I think it was like somewhere under 200 by 2015. And, you know, a lot of people would have given up during that time. And I'm like, you know what, I think there's still something here. And this is partly, you know, because I had developed a conviction in a short time. And I looked back at previous waves in the charts and, you know, Bitcoin hadn't been around that long, but it had a few big spikes um, where it had, had gone up and crashed and somehow it still managed to survive. And it was just, I think the, the fact that it was a revolutionary technology and I was beginning to understand that. And, you know, at the time, you know, I still didn't really understand what the, you know, the, some of the future potential of it would be, but I saw something there and I wanted to stick around. And I think I also credit the fact that I'd been kind of, you know, going out to community events. Like there was a, a Bitcoin meetup in New York at the time. It was called the Bitcoin Center, which was this building down um, right by Wall Street where you could just show up for free and meet people and hear talks and there were you know this is the time we looked before theory i'm like vitalik buterin used to just hang out there and he would speak and uh you'd have all these these people from uh you know different backgrounds some of them were were more like trad five people some of them were total anarchists and they would all just kind of get together in this space and talk about um different aspects of bitcoin and and uh the kind of things that were being developed there. So I, I, you know, at that time I was like, well, I wonder if there's like an opportunity to actually work in the, in this industry. And I started just trying to meet people who were building companies and doing things. And I, I never quite found a fit at the time. It was just so early and I wasn't, you know, I couldn't bring like development background to the table. So I was like, maybe there's a way to do something on the social level with Bitcoin that kind of helps adoption. And so that's kind of what sparked my interest in, in like the ideas that Bitcoin could really um, be something helpful for the world to bring um, people together and to create more fairness in the economy. And this is after seeing all these these people get completely hurt and wrecked in, in the previous years um, and how Bitcoin came out of that moment in, 20, in 2008 and uh, began to serve as a lifeline for people in in parts of the world where they just are being completely abused by their governments, by the banks, uh, just in general, just not having access to financial services. So uh, it was sometime around 2014, like the middle of the year, when there was an Ebola crisis that had broken out in Sierra Leone in West Africa. And I found this charitable organization that I didn't know if they were real or not. I couldn't, I couldn't really verify at the time, but it was called Bitcoin against Ebola. And I reached out to the team there. I just sent them a, a message on Twitter and asked, you know, if I could 
chat with them and see what they were doing. And I, I started to talk to the, the people who were involved in that. They were based, I think it was just over the, the border in Ghana. And um, they were providing PPE and medical supplies and equipment and help to the people over in Sierra Leone who were suffering from this horrible uh, disease. And so I was like, well, I have to do something. So I, I donated uh, some Bitcoin to them and became friends with a bunch of those people who I still, some of them talk to today, um, who are uh, kind of early pioneers in the, the Bitcoin space in uh, West Africa. And I started to realize that there is this amazing opportunity to provide um, help for people around the world using this decentralized money that doesn't exist in any other place. Like you can't just send, you know, 50 bucks on uh, into the Red Cross and think it's going to get there to help someone. You can't just Western Union someone in a, in, a, in a war zone or in a country that. Oh, my God. Here we go again. Yeah. Not again. Oh, my God. Yeah, I think that was uh that was the key word right there. You know, it's always people talk about if you want to make a big impact in the world, you know, think globally and act locally. And here I am in New York and it's, you know, 2015 and it's like the depths of winter it's super depressing and people are out in the streets there's a lot of homelessness and uh, i was like well homeless people don't have bank accounts homeless people don't have a way to, to really save money for themselves like is there a way bitcoin can help them and so i started thinking this through and it, this is around the same time that um this this uh, uh this app called change tip had come onto the scene. Um, if anyone has never heard of ChangeTip, they were a really cool product. They were basically like an early pre-Lightning Network um, platform where you could tip people over uh, Twitter and Reddit using Bitcoin. Um, and it was a self. It was. It wasn't self-custodial. Obviously, it was. It was a custody wallet, but it had this great feature where you could just like tag someone on Twitter and with an amount in a in a, in a tweet, and it would send them. As long as they had an account, it would send them, uh, you know, whatever whatever you wanted to give them, you know, twenty five cents, a dollar, um, and then if they didn't have an account, it would give them a link to sign up. And if, you, if they didn't claim their stats in like thirty days, it would get refunded back to the sender. Um, I got to talk to the founder of that company, which, by the way, never rugged anyone. They were completely open with their reserves, and and even when they did shut down because they didn't have a kind of a viable business model, about a year later, they they refunded everyone all their their money so uh but at the time it was like i just thought this was the coolest thing ever like you can actually send like small amounts of bitcoin you know this is the micropayment dream to to anyone anywhere in the world and it worked anywhere you had a twitter account as long as you could access their website so um i used that to try to raise funds to help people and um i remember like i would do things like i would use back before fold was a was a debit card fold was just like a gift card app where you could it was a web-based thing where you could just buy like a Starbucks card um, using Bitcoin. So if someone would send me $5 in Bitcoin, I would just turn it into a Starbucks card and then give it to someone, or I would go buy them coffee and bring it to them on the, on the corner. 
And um, I, at the time I was also like meeting people who were living in the subway who had like an Android phone that they were using the subway Wi-Fi to get online. And I would show them how to set up a, uh, a wallet and get, you know, give them a few sats and post their QR code on, on Twitter. And it worked for a little while, but then what happens is like with, with all of these situations, people who are in, you know, homeless situations, they don't have security. They don't have a way to hold their, their own keys. They don't have a way to even hold their phone. Like things get stolen all the time. And every single person that I um, interacted with at some point or another had lost their, their Bitcoin. Um, and I can even like go back and look at it. I can, I have like some addresses on chain where I can see like they still exist. Like there's still, you know, sats on, on UTXOs just waiting there, which will never be claimed because the wallets are gone and they don't have their seed phrase anymore because someone's backpack got stolen. So I was like, well, maybe we need to think about a different way to do this. And I, um, this was Bitcoin Pizza Day in 2015. Uh, and I, I posted about this a while back. The, the, I used to take pictures of, of the pizza I would buy with, for my coworkers. I, I would do these little office parties where I would just buy pizza um, and, and give it out for free to, to my coworkers. And I would put the price of Bitcoin on that date on the whiteboard or on a piece of paper on the pizza box. And so I remember that very vividly. 2015, the price of Bitcoin was $237. And there was one pizza like delivery app that would let you uh, pay with Bitcoin. So I said, I'm going to buy 10 pizzas for the Bowery Mission, which is a homeless shelter and uh, community resource here in New York. And uh, I put the call out and I got um, inundated with donations. Um, and there were some pretty large names who, who contributed to that as well. People who were like CEOs of Bitcoin companies. Um, and we raised just um, around $237. Uh, worth of, of Bitcoin, which I immediately, that was a whole Bitcoin and I didn't hold it. I immediately purchased pizza with it. And so I had a stack of 10 pizzas delivered to the Bowery Mission and took pictures of that. And, you know, I don't, you know, I don't care what the price of Bitcoin was because what I was doing was using the tool to help people to, um, in some way, improve their day, make their life a little bit better and just show what the power of Bitcoin can be. Um, and so, that's kind of the groundwork for you know what what I I, I decided to do later. Um, you know I spent just like you know that was 2015, so we can fast forward a bunch of years. Went through you know crazy uh, ICO bull market and bear market, and everyone always thinks Bitcoin's dead, and it takes years for it to get back into the the, the spotlight again. And so now we're we're like in 2020, 2021, and of course we're dealing with like everyone's stuck inside because of lockdowns and suddenly clubhouse exists and I, I find myself on just going on clubhouse rooms and talking about Bitcoin with people. And, um, I was using that for a while. Um, that was around the time I discovered, uh, Plebnet, which was early 2021. I joined that because people were just like exploring the lightning network. I had never used lightning before in a real way. I think I maybe had had like a, um, was like what was Viat Jop's old wallet called? Like lightning it wasn't lightning tip bot, that's that's the other one. It's LNTX bot. So there was LNTX bot and we we had LNTX bot in some of our telegram rooms and people were just using it to to pay tiny bits of Bitcoin to each other. And I'm like, wait a minute, this is like change tip, but better, right? Because now it's it's like native on Bitcoin. And so I, I sort of fell in love with this idea. I read the lightning white paper, um, took a little while for me to grasp like actually how it worked, but that's what led me to want to build my first node. 
So I'm I'm hanging out in the in the clubhouse room, um, getting advice on like what hardware to buy, and of course like we all got Raspberry Pis because they were that was like the cheapest way to get involved at the time. Everybody was setting up on you know Umbral or Raspi Blitz or, or you know whatever kind of some of the early um, options were at the time. So I, I picked Umbral because it had a cute interface, and I, I I'm a GUI person you know at heart, so I I, I like the way that it looked, and I was like, well this is fun. This will teach me how to build a node. Maybe later on, I'll, I'll upgrade to something more powerful. But I just want to see how it works. And so, I started building channels, um, set up my node. It was my, my clubhouse name at the time, and my node name was Dan on the Moon, which I'm a little embarrassed by, by the way. <laughs> but it was, you know, I thought it was a, a kind of a clever, funny name about, you know, kind of making fun of the the Bitcoin, um, you know, to the moon meme. But uh, that was my that was my node. That was what I, I was doing at the time. Uh, but then I kind of got really soured on Clubhouse because a lot of the rooms there were just like full of, you know, clout chasing grifters and art, people who like to argue with each other. And it just didn't feel like a space that I, I felt like welcome in. And I always had to feel like I had to, you know, kind of, you know, raise my hand to to be involved in a conversation and never get called. And it was just like it felt like high school in a lot of ways. I just didn't enjoy it. Um, once Twitter launched its uh, Twitter Spaces, I went over there and spent more time there. But then Twitter Spaces became also really kind of inundated with like super angry people, um, a lot of kind of shady uh, shitcoiners. There were people who were promoting these these like ridiculous scams, um, trying to get people to to join their trading groups, and just the whole thing felt really disgusting. And you know now we're in 2022 and the market's crashing and you know everyone's getting depressed and it's like well, you know I kind of saw that coming but but no one knew that we weren't you know at the top. Uh, everyone was like this is a super cycle we're going higher and people were fomoing in at 69,000. Um, and I'm I'm sure I, I have some buys up in that area too. But whatever you know it's this is you know this is Bitcoin you have to get kind of be prepared for for things to, to fall you know. The, the floor to fall out from under you uh, at times. And if you can't stomach that, then, then you don't deserve the, you know, the bull markets, I guess. But, you know, for me, it was never about like, what's the price of Bitcoin? It's really like, what's the possibility of Bitcoin? Like, what does the future of this look like? And how does it, how does it help people? So, oh, and then I had this weird story, like while I was on Clubhouse, um, they tried to monetize it. They tried to make a way where you could get tips on Clubhouse rooms for speaking. And of course it was not, Bitcoin. It was done through fiat. They had Stripe, not Strike, but Stripe with a P uh, as their payment processor. So you had to have a, you know, a, a bank account connected. And I remember the only time I ever used it, I was in a room talking about wallets um, with this guy named Ben. And uh, someone somewhere in the world, I think it was in India, sent me a $5 tip for something I said. And I was like, oh, that's cool. It's my first tip on Clubhouse. Well, a couple weeks later, I get a message from Stripe that says, we think this is a fraudulent transaction. <laughs> I'm like, it's five bucks. Come on. Uh, and they said, you have to prove that you're not, um, this wasn't fraud, that you're not um, a, a fraudster. Uh, and like, how do you prove that? Right. So I had to get, pull together all the conversations, the screenshots of the room I was in. Uh, I ended up figuring out who the person was and I couldn't reach them on Clubhouse. So I found their Instagram handle, messaged them, wrote a whole you know message to him. He wrote back and he's like, no, this wasn't fraud. Um, my bank just didn't didn't uh, didn't know this this uh, vendor and they flagged it as fraud. So I'm like, OK, I took screenshots of that conversation, uploaded everything into Stripe's you know, dispute center. And then a couple days later, I got a message back saying, we don't believe you. <laughs> 
you were, you're, you're, uh, this is a, there was no recourse at that point that, you know, there was basically like, this is a one shot deal. Uh, and so to not get the $5 tip, it actually cost me $15. They took that out of my account, just stole it from me. Um, because now I, apparently I was involved in a, in a fraudulent transaction for giving someone advice on how to use a Bitcoin wallet in a clubhouse room. So that was like, fuck clubhouse. I'm never going back there again. This is just a terrible experience. Um, I want to build this on, on Bitcoin. This has to be native. We have to use the lighting network. Like there's no way that this, um, can continue and it shouldn't, this shouldn't exist. And, you know, when I tried to do monetization on Twitter, I couldn't because I live in New York and New York is, um, one of those places in the U S where anything you want to do, um, with Bitcoin is, is much more difficult. Um, you can't use most of the services here, like, uh, cash app. You can use on chain, but you can't use lightning for some reason. Strike doesn't work here. Kraken doesn't work here. You have like a couple of exchanges you can use maybe Coinbase and Gemini. And at the time I could use Swan, but the you know, most services that even Zebedee, ZBD is based in New Jersey, right across the river from Manhattan. They don't work in New York. So, you know, anything you want to do with Bitcoin is harder to do in New York. And so I couldn't use the Lightning Network tips on Twitter. That never worked for me. I just gave up on that. And over the course of 2022, as like the bear market began to, to you know, get worse, I just like kind of decided to pull back from social media entirely. I just didn't want to be part of any of this. It just was, it was just too much like, despair and anger and fighting happening there and twitter was just sort of devolving into this this mess that i, I didn't want to be part of um but during that that same year um i met jesse jesse is dr orange pill who's sometimes on nostra but he's not a constant presence here but he's one of my neighbors um lived a few blocks away from me and i was out walking my dog and i i the dogs met each other before we did and we started chatting and um turns out that he was a Bitcoiner um, and one of the few Bitcoiners I'd met in person um, in a long time. And so we had a, had a really nice conversation just walking our dogs that night. And he's like, if you're in a Bitcoin, you should meet my friend Shakib. I'm like, who's Shakib? He goes, oh, he runs Safari restaurant down the street. And I knew Safari. I'd eaten there before. It's a great um, African restaurant. He's Somali. Um, food's just incredible really warm environment. And he's like, yeah, that guy's a Bitcoiner. He's, he's, um, he's been, he's been in longer than, than I have. So I was like, yeah, absolutely. Let's meet this guy. So we had lunch with him at his restaurant a couple of days later. Um, I'd also been chatting with John Logan, who is, um, here also in New York, um, on Twitter spaces. Um, and I just loved his perspective on the world and what he saw as the, the place that Bitcoin uh, can serve the purpose it can serve in democratizing commerce and, and bringing economic fairness, especially to the black community in the U.S., but really to people around the world. Um, just loved his 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 whole vibe, his whole take on on things. And so we all got together at Safari Restaurant one afternoon and said, "Let's start a meetup group," because there really really wasn't anything in New York. I mean, there was Bit Devs. I'm not a developer and it's always on a night when I can't ever go because I'm always like doing stuff with my family, but um, there wasn't anything for real people, right? There wasn't anything for the community. If you were into trading, there were plenty of like shitcoin trading meetup groups. Um, if you were into, you know, DeFi and all this stuff, like there's NFT groups, there's all this stuff that you can find that's like crypto adjacent, but there was nothing that was just specifically Bitcoin related that gave 
real information, real education that talked about the white paper, that talked about the, the, the history of Bitcoin and the purpose it serves and decentralization. You know, it's not about making money. It's about making money better and for people, right? That's what, that's what we're all here. And so um, I was like, we should start a meetup. We should start it here in Harlem and we should call it Harlem Bitcoin. And that was the moment we just said, let's do this. And uh, from then, you know, we just started going. We, we used the restaurant as our uh, primary location. We also had some other spaces like a, a community room in someone's apartment building. And at times we would go to other places around the city. Um, but for the most part, it was in the restaurant. And the first night we did it was in March of 2022. Um, and we put out the word on Meetup and Twitter because we had started a Twitter account. And uh, I think we had about something close to 25 people show up. And it was like not a good night, like in terms of weather, it was rainy, it was cold, but people showed up because there really was a hunger to hear about Bitcoin, specifically Bitcoin. And we had people from not just Harlem show up, but from Westchester, from Queens, from all over the city came in and wanted to learn and talk about Bitcoin. And so we said, well, this is something that could actually work. Um, we each gave little presentations and we had Q&A at the end. And it was just my first time to get in front of an audience and speak about Bitcoin kind of ever. And I was super nervous, but it kind of just came naturally to me. And, and I can ramble on for hours about this stuff. So for me, it was just like, this is exciting. There's an interest here. Um, starting a meetup is, is a challenge because you have to continually feed it. You have to have content. You have to have guests. You have to have uh, a regular schedule. And so we did it for the course of the year. Um, we, I wanted to do a Bitcoin Pizza Day event that echoed what I had done in 2015, but on a larger scale. So in, in 2022, um, we decided to do um, a pizza donation to the food bank. There's a large food bank here in Harlem, right across the street from uh, where Safari was located. And they feed hundreds of people a day. People show up and get in line and wait for a meal. Sometimes it's the only hot meal that they get in a whole day. And so I called them and I said, hey, do you accept donations in term, in the form of food. And they're like, yeah, anything you want to bring, um, as long as it's you know from a restaurant, not from made in someone's kitchen at home, we'll accept. And I said, well, what about pizza? We want to do a pizza event for the, the food bank. And they were really receptive to, to the idea. So we went down the street to the pizza shop that's right at the corner. Um, turns out that the guy who worked there was actually a crypto guy. He liked Bitcoin too, but he was, uh, he understood what we were doing. I, I, I talked to him about it and said, hey, I want to, I want to buy like, you know, I forget exactly how much it was at the time, but it was like, I said, I was gonna make 60 pizzas. Like I want to buy 60 pizzas and have them delivered to the food bank. And he's like, listen, I love this idea. I love what you're doing. And especially that it's community driven and that you're accepting donations for this. So whatever you get, I'm going to double your order. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. So I, I posted that online. We used um, a, before Geyser existed, we were using, um, another fundraising site, um, which the name escapes me, but I'm sure I'll think of it later. But we um, we had raised just enough money to buy um, the amount of pizza that we wanted. And we did it overnight. Like I didn't think we would do it. We made our goal and somehow in you know less than one day, we had the, the entire um, fundraiser completely filled by a couple of people uh, who went over, put us over the top. So we took that, um, bought the pizzas, they doubled our order and brought pizzas over in person to the food bank and just started handing it out. And it was just like the most rewarding thing I'd ever seen. I like was blown away by the the warmth of the community and everyone who wanted to contribute and make this happen. And so 
it made me realize like there's so much we can do. There's so many opportunities we have to really um, make Bitcoin something that people aren't scared of, to make something that, that people can actually use in their day-to-day life and learn that there are ways out of poverty. There are ways out of economic deprivation. There are ways out of inflation. And there are ways that you can actually save and put away something for the future. And that's what we try to educate about. Um, so we did this over the course of the year. And then just about a year ago, this is December of 2023 uh, now, or sorry, 2022, because we're, yeah, we're one year away. And this is like right after I, I started at, on, on Noster. Um, there was a fire in the kitchen of Safari and it destroyed the whole kitchen. The restaurant had to shut down. They tried to rebuild in the old location and they couldn't the landlord didn't want them to to do it he wanted to renovate and probably get more rent for the space they they took that as an opportunity to kind of kick out their tenant and so shakib uh the founder of the restaurant and his wife mona who had just had had uh babies like they had twins like a couple months earlier um had no income source and had no had no uh, restaurant anymore and he spent the last year rebuilding it in a new location that is about to open um, in a couple weeks. And it's just gorgeous. And that's going to be the new site of the Harlem Bitcoin meetups. Um, same name, new location. Uh, we're working with Zeus to build a point of sale system so we can do the same thing that PubKey does um, to allow people to pay with Lightning at uh, the restaurant. Um, this will be the first Bitcoin accepting restaurant in Harlem um, that we know of. Uh, and you know, there is another organization in Harlem, by the way, at least there was one. I don't think there's still an operation that was called Harlem Coin, which was actually a, an ESG shitcoin that had been created over the past year. Um, and people often ask us if we are. Sorry, I got, got rugged again. Yeah, people often ask us if we're affiliated with the the Harlem Coin project, but thankfully we're not. They've actually shut down. Um, and you know, th this shows the staying power of Bitcoin. This shows the staying power of the community that we are um, looking to build. And so, yeah, we took a bit of a step back over the course of the past year. We haven't had a home to do this in, you know, and we've fortunately had some opportunities to do meetups in other locations. Lebanese Hoddle, um, who runs a photo and design studio in Lower Manhattan, has been really accommodating to us. And we did a meetup there with um, Evan from Zeus uh, over the summer, which was was awesome. Um, we had a bunch of nostriches there too. Uh, I've met so many great people through this community. Um, it's just incredibly rewarding to be part of this and just see something build. And you know, there were days when we didn't have anyone show up at our meetups. Like we would have like. I meet up in like the depths of the bear market and like no one would show up just us we're all just hanging out there like well i guess this is an opportunity for us to to like work on our presentations and chat a bit and you know we formed our own little community uh internally and we've got mr g the recycling guy as part of it and we've got um nest king and just a bunch of great people uh that we've met um who've been you know been with us for the long haul we have a telegram group that uh, everyone's welcome to join it's the harlem bitcoin group um you can find it or me about it uh that we're on Noster. in fact we i've been pulling us back from twitter a bit so usually if there's a harlem bitcoin post it's on it's on Noster first and then eventually it'll make its way to twitter um we're starting a, a a new kind of brand campaign for the for the next year 
called Bitcoin was made for Harlem. Um, that will be something that will be launching soon for our meetups and probably have some merch and stickers and t-shirts out there, but really just looking at for ways that we can become an important part of the community um, and an educational resource for people who want to understand Bitcoin and want to escape the, the shit cornery and the CBDCs and all of the, the traditional finance pitfalls that tend to plague people, especially those who come from uh, communities that don't have, have access to uh, finances and to um, you know, financial education and, and are, are often um, somewhat uh, sidelined by the banking system and by by the economy. So that's Harlem Bitcoin. Um, oh, and we also are been, we're in a documentary, by the way. We, were, we became friends with um, with this guy named uh, Kyle from Foundry. Foundry is a mining operation that's based in upstate New York. Uh, he joined our group. And uh, at some point over the last, uh, over 2022, he's like, hey, um, so there's this filmmaker who's making a documentary about Bitcoin and uh, she'd love to talk to you. And we're like, really? <laughs> I guess this means we're going to fully have to dox ourselves. But we 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 did it. We took one for the team. We did it for the for the for the community. Um, and so we were interviewed for this. But they spent a whole couple days with us at, at our meetup, um, in person, at the restaurant. Uh, we talked about all the things we've been working on and the plans we have for the future. I hope I didn't come off as 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 a complete idiot uh, on film, but we'll see. Um, so it's it's going to come out, I think, next year. Uh, so when that launches, you know, we'll let everyone know. Of course, um, they, they promised us tickets at the premiere, but I don't I don't know when the premiere is. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, there's a documentary. I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's about Bitcoin around the world. Uh, they've been traveling globally to talk to people who are doing interesting things in the Bitcoin space, and uh, it was pretty cool that they they thought that Harlem Bitcoin was um, worthy of being included in that. So, yeah, so that's kind of where, where things are. And I know um, I want to leave time for questions and I haven't really even spoken about node stretch yet, but let me pause here, Sleepy, if you want to um, ask any questions or, or direct me in a better place, because I know I've been rambling for a bit. No, that was awesome. I've actually, I've, I've been listening to everything you've been saying. Um, it's, it's fucking incredible. Um, I didn't want to stop because um, it's, you ba basically been, um, saying everything I wanted to ask. So I was either way, I was going to ask you about all of that. So, or about well, most of that. And then you, you were going to get somewhere around there. Yeah. Um, well, I mean, no, don't stretch isn't, isn't, isn't as big of a story, but it's something that, that is really important to me because, um, you know, I always think about community first. Like I think about like, what is the, the yeah. value of the community of the people that you can interface with? Um, and that's what Bitcoin is for me. Bitcoin is a community. Right. We're all part of this together. We're all building it together. Even if we're not developers, like we bring the skills we have. And a lot of the skills that are required in Bitcoin are people skills, like being able to explain things in a way that makes sense. And orange pilling is a is a hard thing to do if you've ever tried to do it. And I have many people who who I've tried to do it and failed. And you know, if you've there's been a few success stories, but it's it's difficult because people have their biases and they have their their programming that they get from other places and you can't you can't be responsible for for their decisions but you can try to at least give them you know ideas and options and plant the seeds so yeah so i i had kind of fallen out of the the plebnet world even though i was still part of their group i really hadn't contributed anything to it i just kind of was was done with clubhouse and that whole world but i still ran my node it was still running but it wasn't really doing much at the time and so then, yeah, uh, like, you know, mid 2022, I'd already basically like given up on Twitter. I, I saw the writing on the wall. I knew that the place was just going to go downhill really fast. And I, I you know, it did. 
Um, and there wasn't a, a suitable replacement that I had found yet. Like I tried Mastodon, absolutely hated it. Um, it just wasn't for me. It just like didn't feel right. There was no community there. It just felt like, you know, I joke about it, but it's like farting in a library. It's like kind of how I, you know, how I felt like posting there. Cause I would never get any responses to anything I posted. Didn't matter how many people I followed. And everybody just there was like, so narrowly focused on on their topics and there was no discussion about bitcoin that i could find i mean later i discovered that like nbk had his own like bitcoin mastodon instance that i wasn't part of but also mastodon is is very siloed and you can't find anything on it um and they the the instances there those those federation owners because they're all self like individual server operators they'll block anyone they want so they they'll block access to servers they don't want so if they they don't want you to see the stuff coming off the bitcoin server you will never know it exists so like a month or so on on mastodon i was like this is this is not for me uh, i guess i'm done with social media <laughs> and then one day i learned about nasser and um in many you know this the way that many of you did you probably saw a tweet about it uh, from Jack or from someone and found your way here. And I was like, wow, this is really awful. <laughs> it doesn't work, <laughs> but it's cool. Like, it's super cool. The idea that, that you can build a decentralized social network um, with with no uh, no company behind it was like, that's immediately went to, my, to, to the core of the idea in my brain. Like, this is like Bitcoin, but for social media. Um, I was going to probably give it a few months to sort of see if, if the UX improved because at the time I was like on Astral Ninja and some other website and it didn't load for me and I couldn't ever see anything. Um, and I credit Avi Burra, who was a member of the Harlem Bitcoin group, who, who kind of nudged me to give it a try. And I guess at that point I got on the Domus test flight um, and realized that like this could actually work. Like it actually looked like a real social networking app. Um, so. I'm like, let's do this. I, I ported my key that I had created on Astro Ninja over. So this is my original um, NSEC that I've had since the beginning. Uh, loaded it up into Damas and lo and behold, it, there was my, my timeline and suddenly everything was loading and I could see avatars again and I could actually you know, interact with people. Um, and discovering that the Lightning Network was already built in to the protocol so that you could post an invoice and um, immediately see it get paid. like that was something that didn't exist anywhere else. And I was like, why doesn't this exist anywhere else? Like, this is perfect. Like we, I've always known that Bitcoin is the native currency of the internet, but the internet hasn't caught up with that yet. And suddenly here it is. So I'm realizing like, this is where I wanna be. Like, this is the social network that I need to be part of, but you know, it's so early that we can build anything we want. And, you know, again, I went back to like, let's build a community here and let's try to find people that do things that are interesting. And because, you know, I was running a node and I didn't see a lot of people talking about nodes and Lightning was such an important part of what we we're doing, yet there's so many custodial wallets and people don't know enough about what the different wallets do and how they work. I was realizing that there's a missing piece. Um, you know, there were a lot of people who came on to, to Nostra early and were posting like invoices in their Lightning address slot on their profile which obviously didn't work. And there were people who were posting like, you know, B, whatever, B1, whatever, you know, BCD1 addresses, like traditional Bitcoin addresses, like in their profile. Like, no one's gonna pay you on chain, bro. So um, we have to make Lightning 
more accessible to people. I have to explain what, how it works and what all the different wallets do and learned about each one. I downloaded all the wallets and played with them and saw which ones had LN URL, which ones didn't, how custodial versus non-custodial worked. And I'm like, this is really confusing for a lot of people. And maybe the best thing we can do to teach people how, how Lightning works is get more people running nodes so they can see it for themselves and begin teaching others. And so I put out the call at the end of January um, and DJ Maestro, who was um, working with me at the time, he's, he's sort of taken a step back from running a node because I think his node crashed and he never really um, wanted to rebuild it after that. But we, at the time, started Node Stretch. We just came up with a name, uh, hashtag, uh, built an Amboss group and a Telegram and said, let's, let's find all the node runners on Noster. And people began trickling in and suddenly we had a flood of people who were really interested, either who already ran nodes or were interested in learning. And um, in, I think it was three months, we had 200 members from zero. And now we're, you know, at the end of the year, we've been running for, for almost a full year and we, we are 352 today. So there's been a little bit of a, of a drop off in, in terms of the, um, the growth rate, but that's pretty good. Like one user per day on average or more than that for something that was totally decentralized and totally an experiment um, to just bring people together and give them a space where they can talk about how to run a node. What does it mean to open a channel? What does it mean to balance your channels? What is liquidity? How do you fix a, a, a channel close that's been forced closed? Like all those things, people have lots of questions. Your node went down, you don't know how to restart it. Um, you want to migrate. Like I didn't know enough about this stuff. You know, in some ways it was kind of a selfish thing because I wanted to learn more about it and I wasn't, you know, able to find the information I needed. So I wanted a community of people I could talk to to improve my skills. Um, and I found that here. And so um, during the, this whole time that we've had massive fee spikes and um, ordinals and inscriptions kind of dominating the, the blockchain and the mempool, my little Raspberry Pi that had been running for three years started to, to really underperform. And it was crashing all the time. People were always pinging me that my node was down and I had to go restart it. When I was down in um, Nosterville, like my node went down. <laughs> I was like, fuck, what do I do? So I had to like connect to it. I was sitting next to next to Tony from Mutiny. And I'm like, I have to restart my node. He's like, you should rebuild your node. I'm like, yeah, you know, you're right. So that gave me the idea to just do it. Um, I. I said, I've got, to, I've got to get new hardware. I had 60 channels open and I was just terrified at the idea of like, what would it, what would be involved in like moving an entire node from one piece of hardware to another? And how do I do it with, without closing all my channels during a high fee environment where everyone's going to get rugged for, for closing fees. But the community really showed up. I mean, in a big way, like I just put the call out and I said, I'm, I'm crowdfunding this node. Um, if anyone would like to contribute, this would be an incredible, um, a rewarding uh, experience to be able to learn how to how to transfer all the data from one node to another across different hardware um, and keep the channels open. That's my only goal, and I'll I'll, I'll take any advice I can get to, to get it done. Within less than three days, we had met the budget to crowdfund the new node. Um, one, there's a lot of plebs came to. Came, came up with it, really stepped up. And then we had one um, large donor who came in to fill the, the gap and um, bought the machine. I had I had sought advice from the community. Originally, I was thinking of doing it on, I was using Umbral, so I, I didn't want to switch the, the 
the um, the platform just because I thought there was too many variables. Like, yeah, you could move it on start nine, another LND implementation, but I'm like, I got to keep these fucking channels open. <laughs> like, I can't rug everyone. <laughs> that was my main goal. So I just said, let's let's uh, let's stick it with Umbral. And I was going to buy an Umbral home because they were they were going on sale for Black Friday, but people steered me away from that, and I'm glad they did because we ended up buying a much better and less expensive piece of equipment that allowed me to do all the things that I, I wanted to do with the Umbral Home, but better and faster. Um, and I had people kind of sitting with me on Telegram for several days as I went through all the steps to rebuild it, restart it, move all the data over. Uh, and then that moment of truth when I fired it up and saw it working, saw all the channels come back, saw the whole node repopulate. Um, and I, I pledged that when we did this, I would rename the node the node stretch, um, finally shedding my clubhouse identity forever. And now here we are um, looking for you know the next phase of our growth. Uh, we're building a new website. I've had several people um, offer to contribute to that. And we're, we're in the phase one of that now, getting a new website up for nodestritch.com, which will feature live feeds of the data from Amboss so we can see how many uh, plebs are running nodes. Um, we can see our channel capacity and our, our entire uh, group growth statistics and, and liquidity really be more of a resource, be more of an educational resource so that people who want to learn how to run their own node don't get so intimidated by the process and they can see that they can do it because you know we're here among plebs just learning how to do it together. And it's, it's just been so cool to see people start from zero and get up and running and, and have a fully functional uh, Lightning node that is now routing um, payments. Uh, not just for Noster, but for the whole Lightning Network. We're growing something that has the potential to be, um, you know, a big part of the the future of the economy. And yeah, you can talk all about centralization and how you know large companies are coming in to to take over the space. And you know, of course, there's the threat of of governments trying to to shut down individual node operators. Yeah, we know all about all that, but we're just here. We're just here in building. And until someone forces us to stop, we're going to keep going because fuck that. This is about self-sovereignty. This is about making Bitcoin work for everyone. And that's why we're here. So that's kind of it, man. Thank you for um, for having me. I want to make sure I leave a few minutes for questions. That was beautiful. Sai, you have a question? Yeah, what's up, Daniel? Um, I always enjoy listening to you talk. I've spoken with you personally, so you have a you have a, a real knack for um, explaining things, and uh, it's it's really it's pleasurable just to let you go off on a tangent and just listen. I just wanted to ask um, the main question that I have is when you yeah, when you man, approach somebody and, and they're asking you about lightning. Uh, how what what are the basic things that you say when you're trying to explain it to somebody that doesn't understand it and only has uh a, 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 a small grasp on even what bitcoin is um just in, in a quick tldr like how do you break that down with like normal speak when you explain lightning to uh, a pleb that's a, a great question and um you know, now I've started to sort of introduce people to Lightning first because, in some ways, it's a lot more accessible. But you know, it does require some basic understanding of what Bitcoin is. You have to understand that there is a, you know, on 
the surface, there's a large decentralized network of computers that process all the, the transactions for Bitcoin. Um, you can avoid any of the other topics. You can avoid you know, some of the proof of work arguments. You can avoid things that, you know, that, that get too deep into the weeds about how Bitcoin actually works and what it's solving. You know, just on, on the basis you know, of, of the idea that it's, it's a decentralized ledger that everyone can see that has full visibility into a open financial network. And because we work in layers, and I usually explain it and relate it to the internet, like TCPIP is awesome, but you can't send an email just over TCPIP without an email client. You know, that wouldn't work. You have to be able to, to translate that data. You need a mail server, you need a, a client. So I basically say, you know, Lightning is the email of Bitcoin. It's the email of money. You can send a small message to someone which encoded in that message is a payment. And, but you need infrastructure for that. So these are the apps and these are the, the protocols that allow that to happen. So Bitcoin serves as the underlying layer of a new financial system on which Lightning exists and other things exist too. I'm not um, as much of an expert in liquid and other technologies. Um, Fediment stuff is really cool. Cashy was awesome. I'm learning about all this stuff, but I, it's not my area of expertise. But Layers are what we build on top of money. Just like if you're going to send someone, you know, money in the traditional world, you're not going to like shave a bar of gold and stick it in the mail. Like you're going to give them a, a bit of an abstraction of that. Now, what's cool about Lightning is it's not really an abstraction. You're sending actual sets. You're sending actual bits of Bitcoin from one place to another, but it's doing it over a network of connected computers that keep track of all those payments. And when it's time to settle those payments and the channels get closed. We know what the states are, but you can use that money right away. If you get a payment for a dollar, that's yours. You can send it right away. There's no delay. There's no confirmation time. So it's as good as cash. It's as good as having the money in your pocket. And that's kind of how I explain lightning in a, in a simple, you know, the simplest possible way that I can. So we had a NX um, NXNU. You had a question? Yeah, man, I had a question. You know, it's just like, uh, you know, a lot of people try to drive clickbait and stuff, and we have big hopes for uh, Lightning, you know, and it's just from your experience, is Lightning, you know, a solid foundation? You know, everyone always says put a few sets on there, but how solid do you think it is? And and why do you think people are saying to just put a few sets on there? Well, I think there's a lot of reasons for that. And part of it, it depends on the type of, of um, wallets you're using, right? If you're using a custodial wallet, if your onboarding was on Wallet of Satoshi, then it's not a responsible thing to keep a life-changing amount of money there because you're basically just letting another company manage your um, your money for you. You know, it's, it's not that different from using the Venmo, except that, this company is located in Australia and they could be gone tomorrow. Like as we saw what happened, they, they just pulled the plug on the US and suddenly all these people that had been purple pilled, orange pilled, whatever onto, onto Wallet of Satoshi over the past few years at restaurants, you know, musicians, people you'll never see again are suddenly sitting with these wallets that they might not be able to access in the future. So you wouldn't want to put any amount of money that would 
be something you'd be terrified to lose on a custodial wallet um, ever because you don't hold the keys. Now, if you have a, a Lightning wallet where you hold your own keys, it's different. Um, if you're using Zeus with the node in the phone, if you're using Breeze, if you're using Phoenix, any of these mutiny, any of these self-custody wallets, they operate differently. There's more work involved in setting them up because you actually have to have some sats to open your first channel. And that's confusing to people. People who, who just want to have a Venmo experience where they can get paid as soon as they download an app, that's what custodial wallets allow because you're basically using the liquidity of someone else's channel network or someone else's LSP uh, to, to basically provide you with um, that ability to receive a payment. Um, once you have your own self-sovereign Lightning wallet, you have to fund it yourself. You're basically creating a channel that you pay for so that you can receive incoming payments. Um, but when that channel closes, it's your channel. You have the seed phrase. That money comes back to you on chain. So it's less of a risk to keep a somewhat larger amount onto those channels. But you still wouldn't want to put too much there because it's a hot wallet. And hot wallets can be uh, risky. You can still lose funds there. You can lose your, your phone. Someone can, can compromise your phone or your computer and take that um, balance from you. So there are more risks in having a hot wallet than there are in having cold storage. So Lightning Network is, is not something that you want to put massive amounts of funds into. And we saw this happen. There was a you know horrible post about it last week on Stacker News where someone lost four Bitcoins because they were running a Lightning node with some software on it that um, allowed their entire balance to be drained. And that's basically their, their life savings in Bitcoin, gone. So yeah, you don't want to do that. You know, I have probably more on my node than I should, but that's because I've been opening channels for three years. But also the beauty of it is I trust my channel partners because I know who they are. You know, most of them are Nostriches. They're people who I talk to every day on Nostr, on Telegram. And that's, that's I think, the benefit of what we're doing here is that we're not just opening channels to randos. We are opening channels to people that we know. We see their faces. We see their posts. We, we have a network of trust we've built here that is unlike anything that exists anywhere else in Bitcoin and Lightning outside of this, you know, beautiful social network that lets us all share these experiences. We can connect with each other. And so we know who our channel partners are. And when something goes wrong, we can let them know. Listen, I have two bots that keep an eye on my node when it goes down. Fortunately, not going down much anymore because the hardware is better. But um, Every time I know it went down in the past, I got a ping from each bot, but then I got a ping from like five different people in node stretch. Hey, your node's down. <laughs> Did you know your node's down? Hey, I can't reach your node. Yeah, thank you. And I, you know, I, I'm, I can't get frustrated at that. It's beautiful. Like people are there to, to keep me accountable. And so we keep each other accountable. And, you know, this is why we do this because we know that there's, there are always risks. There's always a chance of getting rugged when you're doing something in Bitcoin that's public that's on you know uh, on a hot wallet, which every lightning you know node is a hot wallet essentially. So having people look out for you is really important, and that's why we do this because we want to help each other learn and grow and be safe out there. But yeah, yeah you shouldn't last... you shouldn't keep too much on your on your lightning wallet um, more than you want to spend. And the beauty is you can just move it in and out. So if you have a self uh, you know custodial lightning wallet and and your your hot wallet your you know, custodial wallet runs low, just fund a little more. Don't put too much on them than, you, than more than you need. 
Roger that. I respect everything you said. It's just anecdotally, you know, you hit that open sore that we're all dealing with, with the wallet of Satoshi. Uh, you know, you mentioned Zeus, mutiny, all these things. Do you have any advice for people trying to move their funds off of wallet of Satoshi? What do you recommend? I mean, if you if you want to have a lightning address, you need to have a wallet that can support that. Now, I use I use my node for that because I have um, the all the LN URL pointed directly to my node, which is not that hard to set up. So if you do have your own node, you can do that um, because then they're not holding the sats for you. I keep very little in my Albi custodial account, just enough to zap from uh, when I'm on my Nostra clients, but um, I'll move funds in and out of there as I need to. Uh, but all the incoming zaps go right to my node. Um, so you, you want to have a wallet that can do that. There aren't as many options anymore. You can still use Stacker News, even though they just posted something yesterday about they're no longer going to support certain countries due to OFAC reasons, and we don't know how much that how how much more they're going to try to pull away from from Lightning. They are moving people towards self custody options. Albi is working on a lot of self custody options as well. Um, I wish Wallet of Satoshi had spent the past few years trying to build their own self custody wallet, and I don't know why they didn't do that. Uh, that's something that I think we need. Mutiny is great, but you currently don't have a lightning address there. So, you know, use a few different wallets, see which ones work best for you. And, uh, you know, obviously if you have a large stack that you've received from getting zaps over the past, you know, several months or the past year, you know, it's hard to put that on chain now because the fees are so high, but, you know, keep those in a lightning wallet where you have access to the keys and then just put, just enough on the on the custodial ones that you can use for zaps that's my best advice right now awesome hey uh vic did you have a quick question then we gotta move on to the next yeah i, I just want to quickly point out i, I couldn't hear Sai ask his question earlier so I, I i couldn't quite get the context of what daniel was talking about so i would i would just recommend that as questions come in in the future uh if the uh the speaker or or the people in the the that particular panel could kind of re read back that question it'll give it'll give participants a lot more understanding just in case there's a an audio issue awesome thank you that's a good advice been awesome daniel uh appreciate you uh being up here sharing your story uh obviously i'm a member of node stretch as well fantastic group so if you're looking to run a node go uh connect there they have a great telegram group and appreciate all you do for bitcoin and all you do for sharing um the story and the protocol on nostra as well thank you yeah it's it's um it's something that's, that's really important to me um Nostra is basically the only social network I spend any time on. Like I'll go to blue sky and just fuck around and, you know, laugh at people who don't understand Bitcoin there, but this is where my, my plebs are. This is where my community is. Um, I want to grow this. I want to see Nostra become what it, what I know it can be over the next few years. You know, we're so early. We keep saying that and we've been saying that for such a long time, but it's so true. Um, and we're early in node stretch and um, we'd love to have more people even just explore. Like if you've never run a node before, just come into the group, like ask questions. You can ask any question you want, even if it's just about like how Bitcoin works. Like no one's gonna gonna shun you for lack of knowledge. Like we're all here to help each other. Um, if it's too hard to ask a question on Nostra directly, you can come into our Telegram and, and chat there. Or if you don't use Telegram, 
ping me directly, ping any of us directly. Node Stritch has its own um, NPUB. You can you can find that as well through my profile. Um, and uh, if you're in the New York area, come join us at one of our future meetups. Uh, we will definitely be, be using Flockster in the future to publicize that. And uh, we'd love to have more people join. Seth, I know you, you're only a few hours away. You should come join us one of these days. Yeah, 100%. Let's do it. All right. Well, hey, it's been great. Thanks so much for having me here. Sleepy, you're a madman. I love it. I love what you do. Island, it was so great to meet you when I was down there. Bitish, like everyone, so many amazing people in this community that I've gotten to know over the past year. I just can't thank you enough for welcoming me here and letting me speak and uh, asking some great questions. It's been awesome. Thank you so much, Daniel. Appreciate you, man. Uh, can't wait to see you at the next conference. Um, it's gonna be yeah. Let's do it. I want to go to Nostra Asia in, in Bangkok next year. So let's make it happen. Let's go. Let's go. It's going to be fun. Thank you, brother. Let me end the recording.